previously on Creek Chat. He comes in, gay guru, and then he disappears. No problem. He's going to teach him how to wax on and wax off properly. Who's my daddy? Tofield gets expelled. Oh, this ain't over, motherfucker. Like, I'm not expelled. Everybody's racist. Everybody has real judgmental. And then everybody just goes, ah, fuck it. We'll go to church and fucking say, hey, we love this God guy. He's going to forgive us for all our sins. You know what I'm saying? I just hope that the embarrassing moments come down for Henry. No one even talks about the restaurant anymore. Uh, oh, I got some shoes to drop or some bombs to drop. Dude, you can't give up on your dream of an underwater scuba restaurant. Mitch and Gail probably will get back together and go, quote, all in on the restaurant. The restaurant game wasn't even his his dream. It was, a uh, it was, a uh, it was old girl Gail's. The restaurant's back, baby. Way to go, Gail. Follow your dreams. Chase your dreams, Gail. Chase your dreams. Hashtag follow your dreams. Hashtag creep life. Welcome, dearest listeners, to 50 Randy Quaid's Presents Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT, all beef wieners money. And apparently, tonight I'm looking Italian, I'm feeling Italian, and with me, the most humble guest that you could ask for in the universe is with us. Hey, it's me, kind of cocky Chuck B. Well, hold on a second, we're mixing things up tonight, it's kind of cocky Chuck B. What's up, Chuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chuck Banner, he's too humble. Chuck B, Chucky B, you know, we're kind of cocky. So apparently I was mistaken, and I have been corrected. With us tonight, dearest listeners, a kind of cocky guest, Chuck B. All right. Well, what we're here to do tonight with kind of cocky Chucky B is talk about episode 16 through 18, season 3, Dawson's Creek. Oh, why am I so cocky? I don't know. Maybe because I'm knocking fucking home runs out with these goddamn predictions. We're going to talk about that right here. Episode 16 to Green with Love. Here's what you were talking. Crack. Home run. Episode 16 to Green with Love. So it's either to Principal Green or Nikki Green. Or it could be my favorite kind of cocky Chucky B choice. Both. Dawson's going to start thinking he's got the hots for Nikki. That doesn't really play into it. Not important. They're going to maybe go down that road. Maybe it won't be a date yet, but just leading up to it, none of it. But to Principal Green, it's smug and sarcastic. And there are going to be papers put on his desk challenging his expulsion of Matt Caulfield. Boom. That was how they started the fucking episode. Papers. Well, no, a meeting about the papers, but still. There'll be more subtle movements on Joey and Pacey. I think there's going to be subtle movement, subtle movement, subtle movement. Oh my God, they're dating. So that's not really how this played out at all through the three pack, but we'll talk more about those not so subtle movements later. Let's talk about what actually. But the main. No, nailed it. Beef, all beef hot dogs. 
of that fucking prediction? Home run. Right on. A home run. You nailed the principal. Listen, the principal green, when you predicted it last episode, I was like, he. I don't know how he nailed it. He read that one from a mile away. It's, it's, it's all like I'm getting all the blood money. Well, let's hear about that blood money. Joey enlists the help of her friends to rally the school in protest after Principal Green is pressured to resign over the student he expelled. Dawson talks Gail into making a news report on the situation. This leads to her being offered another job in television, which she turns down in favor of starting her restaurant. Meanwhile, Pacey's feelings for Joey become more and more obvious, and he turns to Jen to talk about things. In an effort to encourage Joey's creativity, Pacey rents her a public wall to paint as she chooses. So that was, yeah, we'll talk about all of that later. Let's get back to your predictions. Let's see how many more home runs you hit for us. Episode 17. The only thing I should have added that to pred- that prediction was how that, that first episode is just going to be super racist and, like, bad. Well, I, you were going to put that in the breakdown of the episode? You'd have added. Wait, no, that's what I oh, should have put in my in your prediction. predictions. Well, yeah, but it. Ha- I don't know because, like, of course they have to bring race into it because he's a black. But guy. they did bring like they made the town bring race into it when you got dude Caulfield's dad describing his tactics as more suitable for an urban war zone, like clearly being like, go back to your black community, black man, like. In, in the way that the superintendent handled it, too, like, it clearly was racially motivated where they were coming from. Most definitely. And it Bodie comes back, and he's got some things to say about it, some commentary on Cape Side about, oh, I grew up here as a black man, and let me tell you, it's a racist place. Yeah. They haven't really played on that too hard throughout this show's history. I don't feel, in the beginning, there was, like, maybe we interpreted Grams could have been, but probably wasn't being racist towards Bodie. But this is the first time they really put it out there as, this is the issue in this town. And we're addressing it head on. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Bad, What do you mean by bad? You said, like, it's a bad thing, or it's bad that they did it? Yeah, it's bad because, like, racism is bad. I didn't know if you meant, like, the fact that they did it at all as a storyline was a bad thing. I know that you think racism is bad. That's not what I'm questioning. But like, or like the way that they handled it wasn't right or something. I I, I thought it was handled correctly, I guess. It's just, it's disappointing. I have to see it all the time in my real life. Why do I have to see it in my fiction? Well, again, you got to think about... I understand it makes sense. No, no, no. That's not even what I was going to say. Go back and think about it through this context. This show, this episode was released in the year 2000. It's 20 years later. So it was something they were talking about back then, which is kind of a surprising topic for a show like this to take on like this, I feel. And it's still happening 20 years later. That's the problem. Nothing has fucking changed. Maybe it's even got worse. All right. On to the predictions for the second Cinderella episode. story. Cinderella story, baby. You know who's having a Cinderella story? Hanky. Because he has the girl of his dreams at his side. Hey. <laughs> um, I don't know if he really has a Cinderella story. It's kind of like that in the next episode. Oh, no, again, everything gets kinda. applied to the whole three-pack here, so we don't have to specify. But I wouldn't know if I'd call that a Cinderella story. Maybe. Well... We'll get there. What about Joey? I, we didn't really talk about that. I'm going to be predicting Bodie's gone because eventually I'll be right 
and it'll be for a long stretch of time. Pacey and Joey, it's a Cinderella story. It's happening this fucking episode. And Dawson is going to be approving so hard, just nodding the whole episode. Well, you were dead on. It is happening this fucking episode. In a different way than I think you meant, but that doesn't matter. Oh, that yeah, doesn't matter. definitely. The Pacey just pulling off to the side of the road and kissing her thing. Like, it happened this fucking episode. Boom. It's a Cinderella story, baby. You know that's right. Let's hear about it. Joey travels to Boston to visit AJ, where he is about to receive an award. She meets his childhood friend Morgan, whom Joey sees as a mirror version of herself and her growing feelings for Pacey. Back in Capeside, Pacey becomes a mentor to a nine-year-old boy, Buzz Thompson, and must contend with the kid who is a little version of himself, a neglected and abused little boy with a big attitude. Meanwhile, Dawson asks Mitch to help as a chef with the opening of Gail's restaurant. Also, Mitch always trips me up every time. So yeah, the restaurant becomes a pretty big thing in this three-pack. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how that kind of came out of uh, nowhere almost. But I definitely talk about it a lot because hashtag follow your dreams. Hashtag chase your dreams. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag creek life. Let's talk about your predictions. Hashtag always remember. <laughs> Let's talk about your predictions for Neverland. Uh, so Dawson goes up to Nikki Green and he's like, all right, I think I got it. You want to go on a date? And she's all like, never land. <laughs> <laughs> Great prediction. Unfortunately, didn't happen. Because by now, Nikki Green and Principal Green are long gone from this universe. They have disappeared from Gabeside. Well, I mean, not forever, potentially, but they've obviously been exited for the time being and it just doesn't happen so i mean you were right about it not happening pacey's mentoring has to come up in this three-pack didn't a peter pan movie come out around this time they're gonna go see the movie neverland in theaters or maybe a play called neverland they're not gonna drink wine and watch michael jackson videos are they thankfully none of that happened they went camping instead two teenage boys and a bunch of nine-year-olds I still don't know why it was called Neverland. Uh, because they were all thinking back on their childhoods. Never want to grow up in Neverland. You stay a child. Oh, no, yeah. Because even the girls were reminiscing on of what it, it was like to be a kid. And let's hear about it. Pacey hopes that an overnight camping trip taking Dawson to their favorite childhood camping spot will help ease the pain when he prepares to tell Dawson about his romantic feelings for Joey. However, their plans get interrupted when Buzz and two of his friends come along. Meanwhile, Joey deals with the emotional fallout from her kiss with Pacey by spending girls' night out with Jen and Andy. But to Jen's surprise, they stumble upon a 15th birthday party. That that can't be right. Is it 15th? Or is it 16th? Was he 14 before this? I don't know why that makes it feel weirder. I mean, it's not weirder. Well, she's only 16. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why it makes it feel weirder, but it does for some reason. But I go, okay, maybe because Henry Pitt does not look like a 15 or 14-year-old at all. The bags under his eyes no. are way too big for him to be 14. Not at all. Anyway, they stumble upon a birthday party for Henry at the local roller skating rink that she was not invited to. Also, Jack clashes with his father when Ethan arrives at his house for a visit, in which Ethan gets caught in the middle when Mr. McPhee bonds with him and not Jack. I mean, it felt like a a weird way to break down how that played out. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's exactly how that kind of played out. He wanted... Maybe bonding isn't the right word. But that's what... No, it's not even... He was trying to bond with Jack, but Jack wasn't receiving it. And I'm not saying that's not understandable, 
But his dad kept trying to include Jack in the car conversation. Don't you remember that car? And Jack definitely remembered that car. But he didn't want to admit it to his dad and have that emotional connection with him because he fucking hates his dad right now. Like, again, I understand why both of them did what they did here. And in the end, it all works itself out for now. So this one opens up in one of the more chaotic scenes in Dawson Creek history, uh, to Greenwood Love, that is, in a PTA meeting full of unhappy motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. So I write down notes when we're watching, when I'm watching these, because uh, I just need to be able to gather my thoughts for when we record what might be days later. I mean, what, yesterday I watched a couple episodes and then I watched one today before we started recording. But I had said uh, or written down, I was like, God, this is just like such a racist way to start the uh, the episode. And I was like, they're just kind of like, in the moment I was like, the show kind of gets harder to watch when like you're just like, it's you're pointing out all the uh, like potential like, pedophilia the racistness and then like i wrote down the shitty secondary character building but that was just kind of a jab at the show i think as far as the racism in this it's the reality is disappointing that they have to point out that this is a reality but i think the way that they handle it throughout the episode despite the fact green ends up leaving because he stands by his principles i think it's all handled in a very positive and uplifting sort of way working within the reality of the system and protecting one's own self i would agree with that is it a warm fuzzy happy ending not necessarily but i also then wrote down but i predicted this because I'm oh good. dude as soon as caulfield was like you got no idea what my dad's gonna say it's like yeah i think we're gonna all find out that your dad's a racist fuck piece of but you get shit. to see pacey and Joey really step up. Pacey wouldn't have stepped up if Joey wouldn't have stepped up. Pacey was stepping up because he'll do anything for Joey. But Joey got to show some real activism here. Pushed on by AJ, who she gives a lot of the credit to to start. And throughout. And Pacey's like, man, I'm doing all the goddamn work here. Yeah. I'm kind of jumping all over on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to really comment on. I mean, just what I what I said, but I was going to jump back, I guess. I wasn't trying to, like, sum that whole thing up. It just kind of went down that, that trail. Well, this thing's a big deal because Gail is there. The whole town is there. She comes out, and the local newswoman or the Pittsburgh newswoman who replaced her is now out. Her old intern, some motherfucker. I don't know. Someone who's connected to her past. Well, yeah, it was just like when she worked there in Capeside is what I'm guessing. Or wherever the fucking news that she did news at around where they live. Her intern replaced her, I guess, when she left to go to Boston or Pittsburgh or wherever the fuck she went. Philadelphia. And so that's her now. Like a younger her or bleach blonde, blonde Barbie. No, not her at all because this bitch is dumb and biased and chasing the narrative she wants to tell. Gail shows that she's a true reporter. Well, Gail even says later that she's like, yeah, if I was in her position, I would be pushing the narrative that I want to tell too. It'd just be a different narrative. Right. So it's it's hard to judge one and then not judge the other just because you don't like the narrative she's pushing. 
I would say that makes you biased, not her. But if, as Gail shows, the narrative she's pushing is the narrative that is based in the letter of the contract that the superintendent signed. No, yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. I think Gail is great. I just don't think I not. I'm really coming into loving Gail's character. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. Um, well, I mean, that's just where, you know, hashtag follow your dreams. That's all about Gail. Well, there's the narrative. What I am going to say is... I'm just saying there's no reason to really... Yes, there is. Because one person's bias is rooted in the thing that you are bummed out by, which is the racism. One person's narrative and bias is rooted in equality and justice being served to everybody okay hey i'm just trying to say that we're both on the same page it's just she can be better than that she doesn't have to choose that narrative you don't have to be blatantly racist about it that's a decision she made all right so after this pta meeting joey and pacey are walking home and she's super dejected about this whole thing because she feels guilty about it somehow in her mind the the mural being vandalized and this whole situation coming to light it puts it on her shoulders. Uh, and Pacey's like, well, then why don't you do something about it? Rally the troops. And she's like, yeah, I guess I could paint a mural about it. So she's not totally down in the dumps. All right. So what I've got for that is AJ shows up, like you had said, and Joey's given him all the props for it. And what I thought was hilarious was when they're going on their little walk joey spits this little gem she's like when students put down their playstations and turn off their trls nothing will happen like i'm paraphrasing but the way she said it she's like put down their playstations and turn off their trls like she doesn't know what either of those actually was turn off their trls a direct quote i'm pretty sure put down their playstations and turn off their trls are direct put down their playstations so the whole the whole system not even just the controller no that that's i i don't know if she knows what either of those i didn't catch that line at all apparently that's awesome she talks like she is much older than she really there's no is. technology in her house either a bet but dawson we know dawson's got a playstation yeah he's got some sort of video crash game. bandicoot i'm pretty sure it was playstation oh yeah that makes sense but i mean pacey could have just been pulling fucking video game name out of thin air i think dawson would know whether or not he had crashed i guess pacey could have brought it and i mean dawson looked like he was a little frazzled oh he was sure yeah we just come back from the dentist he was definitely frazzled but anyway, so yeah, AJ's in town because apparently he, sometimes he can just leave college. Oh, Did he? No, they're definitely dating. That They established that. So in the next episode, though, Pacey asks Joey what they are. What are you and AJ? And this is a direct quote from Joey. I think you're right. The implication, this show, I listened back on a few more to find some quotes recently. We talk about implications a lot. Didn't Madison or Morgan, I mean... Uh, didn't she even say, uh, but you're his girlfriend? They're dating, but... but, but so AJ definitely... But when Pacey asks her, maybe it's just because Pacey's asking. Maybe that's why it's the answer she gives. AJ and I are... It's really none of your business what AJ and I are. Oh, exactly. That means they're dating. But not for long. But so, not for long. That, that brings us to this first episode, To Green With Love, where... You don't really know what this is. What I was calling out a mile away that they were dating, and uh, Pacey, like the way he reacts when he sees them kiss, Jen sees it, and she's all like, Psh, 
bitch, I know you got the hots for her. Since Jen started dating Henry, she's just become like this wise woman who overlooks the group, the other three, and jumps in to talk to Pacey and now Joey and Dawson. She's just like the wise woman. What I love about it is they explain why she's gone, why she's not on camera. Because she's like, and it also gives an explanation for why Henry's not on camera. Because, hey, if they're just getting along and this is a show about drama, then why do we need to show all of them just like like her and, and Henry dating and things going fantastically? Like, why do we have to see that all the time? She's just like, no, like, I've just been spending a lot of my time with Henry. It's like somewhere along the line when they were writing this season, they said, hold on a second. There's a whole bunch of shit we left unaccounted and we've been handling characters very recklessly we need to maybe bring one of these very important characters back and then start explaining why people aren't around because they've been doing that pretty consistently Bodie's actually become a very important character throughout this three pack as we find out like an integral character to the whole scheme but as this whole thing goes along they get to the the superintendent's office the one who put the ultimatum on green's head and they're they're protesting out front and joey gets called in Pacey says that she shouldn't go in, and AJ says that she should. Well, that's where it was like an AJ versus Pacey pretty much throughout the entire episode. I mean, even when AJ shows up, he's all like, Pacey, that's a weird name. <laughs> what kind of fucking douchebag's name is Pacey? No, that's what... I mean, I'd, I'd fight a motherfucker named no, Pacey. No, he said that on... I'm, I mean, I might even murder him. He said that on the phone call before he was even out there. He heard the name Pacey for the first time, and yeah, he was like, who's that bitch? I mean, it's not like my name's fucking Arthur Jr., or anything is that what aj stands for yes it does they made a point to point that out in the next episode how much shit did i miss this these episodes and and joey i even wrote it down joey acts like like when when morgan who okay come on now is that just a callback to fucking abby morgan why couldn't they go with madison so i'm gonna call her madison (laughs) madison she is all like she's all like oh hey arthur and joey's like Who's Arthur? And there's only one other person in the room. Who the fuck do you think Arthur is? What do you think? Do you think AJ is his given fucking Maybe. name? Joey, come on. You're smarter Dude, than Dude, I me. never thought about the Morgan, Abby Morgan overlap before. Oh, I, I thought of it immediately. I was all like, oh. And then, and then the other thing, too, that since we want to point out that that fucking breakdown said that it was a mirror of her feelings for Pacey while it yeah it can be addressed to that how about the mirror of AJ being fucking Dawson that's that's where I look at that breakdown and I go you're fucking wrong because it's not about her feelings for Pacey it's absolutely a mirror of AJ being Dawson and Madison being Joey it's it's 100% a mirror of that Madison realizes it and and Joey uh, fucking AJ is still like I'm I mean, I got Joey, so, I mean, what does it matter? And Dawson was all like, Jen, you're, you're, oh, my God, you're the out-of-town girl. Joey, you're the out-of-town girl. Oh, my God. It just took AJ being, like, 20 years old or 21 years old instead of Dawson, who did it at 15. So a little late. But either way, Joey spies it, and she's like, nah, 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 nah. You go. She's like, nah, who am I to get in, who am I to get in the way of true love? And that pretty much also made me go, Season finale, it's a wrap, dude. Or not season finale. Series finale, it's a wrap. 
fucking wedding tied up in a bow. I mean, like, this prediction just gets stronger and stronger every fucking episode. But before all of that happens, AJ leaves Cape Side after Joey talks to the, the, uh, the superintendent and goes, no, actually, I got this thing with 300 signatures on it, and we're going to have this rally, and it's going to be awesome, and it was Joey just bald-faced lying to the superintendent. None of that existed. Oh, yeah, and the superintendent's like, oh, I don't know any of that. But look at how it played oh, out. Shit. These motherfuckers... AJ and Joey put so much of the work on Pacey's shoulders, and he was lucky enough to have the help of Jen and Jack and Andy and a whole bunch of other kids, but Pacey seemed to be the one making the solutions happen, while AJ was just hanging out with Joey and keeping her inspired. So, we mentioned Bodie earlier, and I always feel like I need to put on my two cents when it comes to Bodie, because I made such a big deal out of where's Bodie, and, you know, like, what the fuck's going on? How come we haven't noticed anything about him? This is, like, pretty much the perfect amount of Bodie in this episode. We get a little bit of, like, Betsy is, like, telling Joey, like, hey, you know, I just got a call basically threatening our business and shit like that. And Joey's like, huh. don't even know what you're talking about and i'm like again joey why you are smarter than this why do you have to pretend to be a fucking idiot because we know you're smart it just it devalues your character when you don't do things consistently i mean i don't know i'll give hold on i'll give the easiest excuse in the world 16 year old girl (laughs) Yeah, it I can mean, happen. I get it. You I get mean, swept I... up in this big protesting, which is equally important for social reasons as it is for her relationship, because this is her and AJ working as a team to make this shit happen. That's how she's kind of viewing it the whole time. What I like about it is Bodie like puts in his two cents, like you had said. He's like, Yeah, he's like, I'm black and I grew up here. He's like, This place is racist as yeah. fuck. And and like he's like, I got your back, girl. And Joey's like, oh, thanks, brother, I guess. Like, brother in Bessie's losing her shit. No, I, I, I would say... Well, and it's not that she's losing her shit. She's just, like, she's afraid because she just got that no, call. She loses... She's all like, dude, I don't want to wake up with a dead horse in my fucking bed. No, she loses her shit when she storms out of that room. Like, she obviously ends up, in the end, seeing the bigger picture. Yeah, she comes back with little baby Alexander. And she's like, you know, Alexander just wanted to see his aunt kill it. And fucking, like, basically fucking just run shit and he's like she's talking about how like alexander just blabs all day long about how joey's the shit and uh yeah that's pretty much what what happened well, there yeah it built up they got like they fudged this petition pace is like oh you can just tell people that they're signing for something else or whatever they get the rally put together and that's where bessie comes and watches joey put on the rally now let's jump back and talk for a second about dawson and gail what they've been doing this episode right Oh, hashtag follow your dreams. Following them. Dawson, in a really, I think, smart and and nice move, is like, Ma, like, let's do this thing. Because he's not sure that she's sure about this restaurant thing. I think he still believes her passion is news. And that she really wants to get back in on that. And this restaurant is just her avoiding it. But she just shows that, hey, I just wanted to be able to walk out on my own volition. Like, yeah, this is cool, and, like, I did this for so long, but she's like, man, I really want to sling some fish. Well, (laughs) so Dawson ends up pitching the story of telling the other side of it from what 
Sherry's going to be telling, the anti-green side of stuff. She's just going to present it from... The way Gail goes about it, she's like, I'm gonna put, I gotta cover it from all angles, and I'll present the story that comes out, essentially. Like, cause she's, asked, what does she say? Something to Dawson, and he's like, I can't believe you would ask that question, basically. And she's like, well, I have to cover it from all angles. I can't, just yeah. because I have a bias doesn't mean I can't, I have to still pursue all this other shit. And he ends up seeing her angle and really thinking it's good. The story goes over big. She gets offered a job at the station. And that's where it comes to what you were saying. She turns it down. I wanted to walk away when I wanted to walk away, knowing I still had it, and pursue hashtag my dream. So the only thing that I would have really changed about that uh, rally for Principal Green is I think they should have ended the rally with like a bunch of clapping because that would have been a positive ending for the rally as opposed to them just like ending the rally. And they were all there for a positive reason. I feel like just would have been a good way to Part end of it. the Dawson storyline was trying to go over to Green's house and get him to interview for this news piece. And he wouldn't do it. He's like, it doesn't matter if I speak up for myself. I don't need to. I know what I believe. And he wasn't going to go to the rally. And Nikki ends up being like, listen, everyone at that rally is there to support you. They're not going to turn this shit against you. That's not what they're there for. So you should come. And he's not going to. But he does. He ends up showing up and he gives a speech. And he thanks everyone, you know, for for being there for him. But I'm not budging. Superintendent's not budging. It looks like I got to go, dog. And you're right. I guess it was kind of awkward without that. But he gets it in the hallway the next day. Well, and that's what I'm saying. And, like, on top of that. I wrote down, I'm like, you got to feel pretty fucking great as a principal when you're basically having to resign because you're like, no, dude, I'm not going to go against what I think is right. And you leave and like a bunch of your students are there like clapping for you as you're like leaving. Well, Joey comes into his office before that and she's like, I feel like I'm somehow at fault for this. And he's like, no, 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 no. In all my years of education, I've never felt more successful than I have right now. So this dude is on top of the world leaving this job. And to then, like, walk out that door and have this hallway full of students. Bro, tears. You gotta be... I I mean, this is just another prediction. But I feel like walking down that hallway, all those clapping. They were clapping for a reason. Not because he was leaving the school. But he was leaving to start his own spin-off show. Are you... My guess is Principal Green. Hold on. Young Americans. Hold... Either follows Green Family or Principal oh, this Green. Is block- this is Blockbuster. I'm shocked. You you are the one who said in the beginning, we'll wait until the finale. You are right here. Episode 19, laying it down. You got two more episodes after this to really mull it over, think it over... You know how quickly new people can be introduced. Like, do you really want to stop now? And because if you, I'm I mean, not assuming he's not coming back the rest of the season. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is a pretty safe prediction for me to lay down. I don't know if it's right or not, but I'm gonna say right here, right now, that is my guess. No bias as to whether or not your prediction is correct, but I would recommend just holding on to it and just doing it when you said you were going to. Let the game play out and then lay down your prediction. But if you want to lay... Well, this is what I'm going to say for our dear listeners. I will say on the finale of this season, I'll lock it in. 
But I'm telling you right now, sneak peek, episode 19. You heard it here first, Principal Green. You're going to Young Americans. You did hear it here first. But, you know, I'll wait. A couple more episodes, lock it in. He could be the principal to a whole lot of Young Americans. That's all I'm saying. So to wrap up this episode, as far as what I've got here, we lead to the wall that Pacey rents for Joey and says, paint it. This is you. And she's like, oh, you're going to have to help me. And he's like, oh, no. This one's all you, sister. It's a big old metaphor for her figuring out her feelings for him. He can't help her. She's got to do it. But this is when she finally thanks him. Yeah. So I wrote down that this was a big uh, Joey episode. And then the next episode ends up being like a Joey and Pacey episode. Cinderella story. It's a Cinderella story is a very Joey heavy episode on top of all of like it's it's got everyone, but it feels like Joey's the main character of this episode to me. Dawson feels secondary. Oh, dude, and then also on top of it, fucking AJ writes a story about fucking Madison. Oh yeah, and her name is Mary. Not come not, on, dude. That is exactly like fucking Dawson making a movie. Not only does he write the story about her, she's the one who suggests that he reads it at the ceremony. So yeah. she knows, too, and she's trying to get him to realize it, which, um, just like Dawson and Joey notices the eye contact that they make while he's reading the story at the ceremony. She's like, I saw you guys look at each other. You're in love with each other. You're just an idiot like Dawson, and you can't see it. So go to your girl and make your love happen, because I got somewhere else to be, and that's crying in a train station watching bums drink liquor yeah she had a bad night when she realized that but she called the one and only person that she knew to call and you know what it wasn't dawson it was the main man pacey the guy with the weird name but probably one of the strongest characters in this all right who would you call would you call pacey or would you call dawson i'm not saying if you're joey if you're you who are you calling for a favor in the middle of the night so i think it's safe to assume now that Dawson and Pacey probably have cell phones. I don't think they've shown either one with a cell phone yet, so I don't know if it is safe to assume. How did she get a hold of of Pacey? Because Pacey was at that kid's house making fucking dinner. That's a good question, unless he gave her the number to that house, because it's a place that he's at often enough. Like if I'm She's just gonna call a stranger's house that late at night? Yeah, why not? If he's maybe she called his house first, he wasn't there, so where else would he be? Call over to Buzz's. I don't know. I mean, it just seems illogical to me. But we, I don't know because we don't. See, she got that many quarters. We don't see a cell phone. She was using a payphone. This is this is what I'm talking about. We don't see cell phones, so I'm not going to assume cell phone. Not yet. I feel like it's the most logical thing, though, when you break it down like that. Because I, uh, I at first was like, "How is she getting a hold?" But of I think you've because they they haven't shown cell phones, so I'm not going to jump to that leap with this show. But then I broke it down, and I was like, "Dude, I got to assume they have cell phones." I think your brain has forgotten a world that you had to call a landline because it wouldn't be unfeasible for her to have a landline that he would be at regularly if he didn't have a cell phone. And to call that number. Like, it wouldn't be... Like, that was a reality. In episode 18, the very next episode, a 10-year-old has a cell phone. but... I don't think it's unfeasible that, at the very least, Pacey has a cell phone. I'm not saying it's impossible or even unfeasible that Pacey has a cell phone. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying until I see him with a cell phone, it doesn't make sense to me that he has a cell phone. Until I see Dawson 
with a cell phone. I'm never going to assume that he has a cell phone. Jen, I don't know. I don't really care whether or not she has a cell phone, so I'm not going to think too hard about it, really. But Pacey specifically... The only reason why I am going to assume Pacey has a cell phone is because I saw Joey use a payphone. I know she doesn't have a right. cell phone. Or at the very least, doesn't carry one on her when she leaves town. For Joey time. doesn't know what a PlayStation or TRL is. She doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah. But she can know Pacey's cell phone number or at least have it written down somewhere in her purse. Same thing with his home number or Buzz's house number written down on a piece of paper. Just to play both sides of the argument. No, I I get it. But what is more likely that she's calling Buzz's house or Pacey's cell phone? What is more likely? In the year 2000, I'd say it's a 50-50 chance. Honestly. And again, this is knowing the Pacey character, too. Well, I'm going to break it down right here. Episode 18, or whatever episode we're on versus the episode 17 of Cinderella Story. This episode right here, my prediction. Pacey has a fucking cell phone. Okay, but he doesn't have one in this three-pack. I'm not going to rule out that we see him with a cell phone after that. That doesn't prove he has a cell phone here, though. So it'll always be a mystery. It it'll always be conjecture. It just proves he got one at some point. Not that he had it here. Not important. I'm going to say that he has one. It isn't important, but these are the things that I got they, you. They, they do make sense to bring up when we're, di- like, I guess, dissecting this is, something that This we'll is watch. the most civil technology conversation we've ever had on this show. Can I point that out? Yeah, there's not a lot of yelling. No, I've been keeping it calm because... I'm going to call Buzz's house when we're done with this show and ask to speak to his mother. So I wrote it here, and I, it fucking kills Let's me. Let's hear dude. about it. What? Joey. Who's Arthur? <laughs> Is she an idiot? Because she sounds like an idiot. That's what I wrote. Also, another thing that pisses me off about this is the way AJ kind of okay so like aj to joey and this is literally right after she's all like no you idiot go see madison like she loves you you obviously have feelings for her like aj's like well i guess i'll see you around no you won't see her around she lives in another town you're in college she's in high school i I think he knew that I think it was just a thing to say. Like he, yeah, it just he, it just makes you sound like a he dick. was legitimately shocked too. He took it like Dawson would have. Maybe this is season one, Dawson AJ. This is AJ's campus. This is his TV show, and now he's gonna head into season two after he goes and kisses Morgan. Yeah, maybe. So, no, I'm not maybe. saying he's a spinoff character. Oh, because it's called AJ's Creek. That's yeah. AJ, no AJ's campus because he's a he's a college. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Um, so we've kind of like we pretty much covered that that entire storyline to where we need to where we need episode. to take it right. So we're gonna jump back. And we're talking about what Pacey's been doing all episode, and that's hanging out with this Buzz Thompson we've been referencing this mystery house that Joey's been calling. And the more I think about it, here's this little, here's like, a problem. I don't know what is he eight years old? Uh, nine, years I think old? they say nine. I found a problem with my argument that I am having a harder time believing what I just said. Because this is the first episode that Pacey mentors Buzz. When she calls him at Buzz's, it's what, maybe the second day he's been mentoring Buzz? 
he made it through the first thing where Buzz is like, you're just going to abandon me anyway. And then he comes back the next yeah, day, takes him Buzz to the boat. Says something, he says something that day about, like, his mom's going to make meatloaf and potatoes. And then his mom picks up, uh, like, another shift to work, the night shift or something. And so Pacey shows up with meatloaf and potatoes. So it's possible that Pacey had that home number and gave it to Joey for some reason. Possible. But the fact that it's hold on, it's hold possible. on, I'm I'm critiquing my own argument here as I've thought about it further because it's only the second day he's known them. I don't know if he would have had that number to give her. Well, he'd have had the number. He would have had to have the number. I think he would have had to have. But would he give it to jo- if he? All right, if he doesn't have a cell phone, he's definitely giving that number to Joey because he wants Joey to get a hold of him in any situation. I just don't. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. That's what it's I'm all saying. Weird. When it just comes down to logic, it's like what what makes the most sense. Either one still makes sense to me. I mean, because if it's not making dollars, it definitely ain't making sense. It don't make dollars, it don't make sense. That is an irrefutable statement. Uh, but so Pacey ends up, this kid is a dickhead. Calls him pissy right off the bat. Like, he's a little Pacey. For real. Like, But... They explain it really well, really oh, fast, yeah. where they're like, dude, he just tried to test people and push them to their limit to see if they're really there for the long haul, and they're going to, they're going to, like, then, then the kid's going to turn, and he's going to grow. Well, it's because it. we find out his dad, who he says is dead, has been scattered into the ocean, actually just ran away and started a new family and abandoned him and his mom. So he's just, he's yeah. got abandonment issues, so it makes sense, and... So he go, Pacey goes in after the, the bad day with him, and he's talking to the lady at the center, and she's like, oh, so I'll just get you reassigned. And he's like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm, I got this kid. Like, I am this kid. There's a reason I got assigned to him. Let's do this. Well, that's where they end up going out to True Love, and he's making him paint the boat. We're at the painting portion of the remodel now. And then Pacey even says at some point, either in this episode or the next episode, um, he says, yeah, you know, a couple more. Oh, I think it's the beginning of the next episode where he says something like, yeah, you know, a couple more weekends, uh, you know, doing this and she'll be almost ready. Yeah. So it means they're making headway, something I thought was never going to A couple happen. more weekends, like you play that out, that's in the near future in the show. He's been working on it since what episode? Like, one yeah that means season four we're pretty much guaranteed to be seeing pacey on a boat sailor pacey from officer pacey to sailor pacey will he become pirate pacey oh it gotta be pirate pacey with his main squeeze jezebel joey uh well that's let's talk about those two for a second because we've kind of brought ourselves to the point of what they get themselves into and that's when she calls him and he comes out picks her up in Boston, and drives her home. And she says along the way, in this car ride, that there are only two people in her whole life who have known her as well like as anyone could. She says Dawson, and she's about to say the next person, and Pacey just jumps in, and he's like, well, AJ doesn't fucking know you like that. Well, Pacey, don't be JT Money. Don't jump in on someone. Let them finish what they're saying. What was she going to finish saying, Chucky? She was going to say Pacey. And then that's when she, like, pretty much lets him have it. And she's like, no, like, I was going to say you. Like, you were the first person I thought of when to call. And he pulls that fucking car over. He's like, I need to have a very serious conversation with you right now. 
why? What like what did you mean by that? What did you mean that I know you better than anybody else? He's trying to get her to admit her feelings, obviously, because he's ready to admit his, but he'd kind of like to hear it from her first, because it might be less scary then. But she's not biting. She's not yeah. biting because she hasn't admitted it to herself yet. And that's when they just kind of come to a stalemate, and then he kisses her, and the episode ends. Well, yeah, but, yeah, that's it. It's cut away from those two kissing on the side of the road at some point in the early morning light. Interesting, an interesting place to kiss at. So the other thing that I wanted to bring up in this episode was there's lots of important things to bring up in this episode, actually. No, I got you. So the other thing that I want to bring up in this episode was hashtag follow your dreams. Oh, yeah, it's big in this episode. Go ahead. And that's when Gail introduces her to, like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Gail just kind of like craziness going on in the restaurant. It's like a week away from being open. She doesn't have a name for the, for the restaurant. Bro. And Dawson's freaking Bro. out. And she doesn't have a name and she doesn't have a chef. Yeah, she doesn't have a name, she doesn't have a chef, she doesn't have really shit. Like, she's got Jen to be a waitress, and she keeps breaking plates. And, like, not, like, throwing them and shit. Like, she just drops shit all Is the Dawson, time. like, the general manager? Is that kind of what he's doing before... Dawson was kind of, like... Consultant? ...tasked to find, uh, like, to taste test things. And find people to taste test and do some other shit. Yeah, because Jack and Andy and, show up and they're helping out taste testing and doing shit there. Like, And then, like, Mitch shows up out of the blue. And Gail's kind of like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Dawson's like, I call them in because we obviously need some help. No, Mitch- and Gail's like, fuck you. I don't need help. I'm a fucking He-Man fucking woman lover. No. Like, you're almost no, there. It doesn't make no, any sense. No, but I like, like that. Fucking, no, that is Mitch. Like, Mitch is the He-Man woman lover. No, but I would say Gail. It, like, Gail, she's just like, no, nah, she's like Wonder Woman. Just like, I don't need no help from nobody. Like, get the fuck out of here. I do all the shit by myself. And then fucking Dawson, like, storms off because he's like, that's bullshit. He's like, you're always saying you need to fucking, if you need help, you need to accept it. And he's like, how come you can't take your own goddamn medicine? No, what he and says is like, I thought, he, fucking well, he was off. like, I thought you two, like, talking about it Thanksgiving, still wanted to be in each other's lives. So when you need help, you can't bring him in. He, he's going to be in your life anyway. But yeah, that's when she's like, I don't need fucking help, motherfucker. I can do this on my own. And then, like, fucking Dawson's off pouting somewhere for a while. And Jen kind of, like, shows up and she's like, hey, like, you know. I don't even know what she says, but she just kind of, like, shows up and she's supportive. She's like, I just caught your mother's wrath, too, because I dropped some more fucking plates. Like, I caught a mini, oh, I caught yeah, a mini version of, of what just happened to you. So, uh, hold on. No, there was one particular thing that they said in that conversation I know I wanted to point out. So, before we move on, let me make sure that I find it. Okay, so here it is. Here it is. Jen, they're standing on the docks. And she points out the place that they were dancing two years ago when they first started seeing each other. Oh, right. Yeah. She says, and I remember being upset about the phrase back when we recorded the original episode. So when she brings up when he said he wanted to be her boy adventure. I'm really glad his response was a cringy. It's like, oh, I said that. Yeah, did I really say that? Like, oh, good, Dawson. At least you realize now that that was bad. Yeah. Don't put that in your script. Yeah. Don't put that shit in your script. 
writers of Dawson's Creek. But but then, like, Dawson comes back, and Gale's like, hey, I need to fucking talk to you. And fucking, he's like, all right, well, what's good? And she's like, all right, so this is what's up. And then Mitch fucking comes on in, and Mitch is all like, all right. No, he doesn't even come on in. He was already up on a ladder, like, hanging the new sign for the business. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's all like, he's like, yeah, this is Leary's fucking fresh fish get it or get the fuck out and and dawson's like i don't know what you're talking about are you guys partners and uh mitch is like uh are you dumb your mom's last name is leary and mitch is like oh i mean and dawson's like oh yeah yeah right, idiot like, idiot your mother's name is dumb. leary what and but dawson's like yeah are you guys like partners now and gail's like no I hired your father. He works for me. He's the G. He's the general manager, though. Like he's a great general. Well, manager. they show him throughout before this. He's showing people how to carry stacks of dishes correctly. He knows how to run a restaurant. He's worked restaurants. Yeah. He's got that experience. Gail's been doing news for twenty some years. Like she ain't got restaurant experience like that. But she can delegate. Oh, she's a boss, and that's that's what like fucking Mitch basically says. He's like he's like no. She's like. She's, you know, not necessarily cut out to be a general manager, but she can delegate and be a boss. Like, that's what she can do. And Mitch is like, he's like, also, by the way, Jen, she can't be a waitress. She's terrible. But she's a great fucking hostess. And and then Gail's all like, or Mitch even says it maybe. I don't know which one says it, but then they reveal the big reveal. It's a combo reveal. That, and dude, this is, this is such a huge reveal. Huge. And then... On top of it being a huge reveal, it also makes me that much angrier from why he was gone for so long to begin with. Like, it's so frustrating <laughs> that you're going to give this character this much of a story now, an inclusion now, when you're not going to mention anything before. Like, literally nothing before. Like, they basically pretended like he was fucking They haven't even bothered to offer any sort of explanation as to where he was at for a season and a half. Not one attempt. No. No. Yeah, it's it's such utter bullshit. And now they're going to say, hey, you know what, Bodie? Why don't you own 20% of this restaurant? But... That also means that, you know, you're going to work here, like, on evenings when it doesn't affect the powder bed, uh, bed and Only breakfast. Only nights. And we're also going to get those sweet, sweet, sweet Bodie recipes. And this is where, since they're not going to give us an explanation, I'm going to stick with, like, he was just out chefing it up somewhere else, making them big bucks. So he's got them sweet Bodie recipes. He's going to be able to walk into this motherfucker with his Boston seafood culinary expertise he's been working on. For a year or so, bring that right into the heart of Cape Side and bring in fat fatty for Leary's fresh fish. Get in, get out, get that shit. I guess it does make sense that I'm making it up because, like, what what was Betsy doing then for money? Like, well, she couldn't be working if she just had the ice baby, house. The right? ice house. They were still running that ice I house. I guess yeah, she was still doing that. So I don't. You know, now I don't know what the fuck to think. It's hard to know because they don't fucking tell us. Like, we can make up whatever we want, but none of it's true until they tell us otherwise. 
So we can speculate what makes the most sense, but it's all nonsense. Yeah, I mean, but I guess that just brings me to my uh, my four main bullet points for this episode. Was Which episode? This one, Cinderella okay, episode. Okay. So it it was Pacey Joey episode. Um, that you know, the kiss finally happened, or the beginning of something happening. This whole finally, this happened. whole three pack is a Pacey Joey episode at its core. Pretty much. Um, AJ is Dawson. Basically making my prediction for Joey Dawson wedding season series finale that much more concrete. And Dawson, in this episode, it made me realize that, or not realize, but it made me think that this season, season three, has been kind of like a bit, like a bit player for like for for the show being named after him he's been less involved in the storylines than i would have expected in the third season of but the show. if you think about it in terms of representing his character in the show in the way you write him and also how he's feeling about himself he is not really sure what he's focusing on anyway so how can you focus a show on a person who has no focus? That's why he kind of, and it's true, in this season, he does kind of step back and become a secondary character. It's more about, before this, it's been about Dawson and Pacey. I'm sorry, Dawson and Joey. Now it's about Pacey and Joey. So Dawson steps back and he's more, his story is more about other people than it is about him. Nikki Green, Eve, his parents whoever else has crossed his path baby alexander (laughs) still joey but in a different context pacey like it's more about him learning and becoming a bigger and better person so it's not about it's become more about pacey and joey because the heart of a show like this is the romantic lead and that story is the romantic lead of this season without a doubt it's an overdrive at this point now that they've made it a thing like i said this three pack at its core every episode delves very deeply into that relationship so for episode 18 uh neverland i wrote down four main points that i I had coming out of that episode tell me all of them and then i have one main question that i have for you right away all right so my number one thing that i wrote down was why are these two doing this dance joey and pacey and when i mean these two i mean pacey and joey um, then I wrote, I'm happy that Jen and Henry were able to straighten things out by the end of the episode. Cause I was like something that I, I, I had said that I had subscribed towards. And then all of a sudden it seemed like things were rocky, but then it just kind of proved to be that it was just Henry, like being Henry being way too what being Henry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drama King. And then I was also happy that Jack and his dad are going to, like they're trying it seems like move forward with their relationship to jack was super fucking resistant and like i touched on earlier understandably so but it is nice to see the way they're writing the dad character is like he wants to mend this relationship that he's aware that he broke well what i liked about it was they they referenced it with one simple story just jack's father being like yeah i was talking to this guy at work and he was telling me about his kid and how you know he's 
I stole a car right off, you know, right off of a gas pump and he's, you know, stealing and getting arrested and doing drugs and doing all this stupid shit. And he made, it made me, he's like, huh. He's like, that's when I finally thought I was like, I have a good son that I have, I know nothing about. And and, and Jack's just kind of like, oh man. And his dad's like, well, somebody had to make the first move. Jack's like, I, yeah. And Jack's just like, I was just astonished it was you. And so to mirror that, his dad, a reference to earlier in the episode, moves, moves a chess piece on the board, and then Jack moves his piece. So we're seeing that relationship is potentially moving. They're healing that wound. Jack's going to not have that as heavy of a conflict in his life. He can kind of spend that emotion and energy somewhere else and be happy with his dad, which is good. I can understand where Jack was coming from, 100%. because it seems like just... Just when they're talking to each other when they're alone and they're not like, it's just like quick answers. It just seems like, like his dad is just kind of like a dick. Like he's like, uh, what do you want? It's late. Well, when they, and I'm like, all right, this is kind of a, a vast character change from how you were acting earlier. Well, when they start the episode out, when they first show the dad in the episode, he shows up. Well, in the morning at breakfast, like he's there and you're right, it's that quick whatever but then later he comes back home when he's supposed to be gone for the weekend but he didn't keep canceled or whatever and the way he's saying to jack this is not a good time for guests it feels like he's the old dad that they've showed us but have maybe shown us yeah. is trying to be better and jack is immediately that's when he loses his shit and he's like if watching if you watching me with my friends makes you suffer then you fucking deserve to suffer so well because well, he he's like he's like Dude, i'm only here for fucking andy so I can give a fuck less about you. Right. But as the episode goes on and Ethan hangs out at the house and they're playing chess and they're doing all this shit, his dad's trying to, like, jump in. And Ethan, having been through this shit himself, is being not wanting to be a dick to the host. Because, really, Mr. McPhee, it's his house, so he's really the one hosting. Yeah. He's kind of being pleasant and they bond over. Like, he invites him out to dinner with them. Jack's not happy about that. When they're at dinner, they start talking about old cars, like this 1926 Cadillac at this museum. So, like, let's go to the museum. Jack is not fucking happy about this shit at all. And that's when he loses it at the museum. And that's when you see his dad being like, what does he say? Oh, because Jack's talking to Ethan, like, talking about how shitty his dad is, how much he doesn't like him, he doesn't want to be around him. And you can see his dad over here is the whole thing. He's going to leave, and he looks super sad about it. Um, but he turns around and he tells Jack, he's like, I just want to let you know, like, I canceled my trip this weekend so that I could spend time with you, specifically. And then later, it's that first move that he wanted to make. It just happened to coincide with the first move Jack wanted to make on Ethan. Oh, and my last piece here is, uh, why has Andy become a bit player? It's like they decided to make the, like, this a six-sum, and then all of a sudden, as soon as they had six heroes, they're like, we don't have enough for all these people to do. Yeah, it was really easy for them to just kind of go, oh, hey, Jen, we're not going to put you on screen a ton. And then we'll just make a quick reference to, oh, it's because I'm spending a lot of my time with Henry. Andy's just still wrapped up on her studies. I think that's the thing you can assume about Andy. She still shows up. That's the thing. She hasn't disappeared. She's still helping out with the rally. She's still helping out with the restaurant. But she's just she has be kind of you're right. Like an ad. You're right. Because Jen has the benefit Yes, she disappears with Henry, but when she comes back around for shit, she's that wise woman of the group that I was talking about before, who kind of, like, sees everything, understands everything, and helps the characters in the right direction. 
kind of a therapist to Joey in this episode. And well, it, at the bed and breakfast, she does it to Dawson when they're looking up at the night sky. She's obviously there for Pacey all the time now since they started almost doing the casual sex thing. They've been pretty tight because she sees what's going on with him and the Joey thing. Andy doesn't have that at all. She had the disciplinary committee slash cheating on the PSAT storyline. Now she has nothing. I don't know why. What do yeah. you think? But here's my question to you then. Like, what do you think you should do with Andy? Like, what would Andy, what would you be doing with Andy right now? I guess that's a good question because I'm not 100% sure. I feel like they just need to flesh out her character some I don't know either. But here's a smart thing that I'll give them credit for. There's a lot of other shit going on. You keep her in the clip. You keep her around. It's easily explainable why you don't have a major, Not you don't always have, like you were saying with Henry and Jen earlier, if there's no drama going on, why do we got to get involved? Jen's still there. She's not gone. But there ain't no drama, so we don't need to delve in. You know she's still in the clip, though. You know Andy's still going to have some shit. She's still around for a reason. It's just when. Yeah, and that's what's nice, is I know that she's still around. I know that she's still there because they haven't disappeared her from us. It's just they're also not really giving us anything substantial. Right, and that's the question, is when do we get some more meat? And the only time we did get something substantial... It was kind of like forgotten about immediately. What's that? Oh, the... When she was uh, allegedly almost... Yeah, that did just honestly disappear into thin air. Maybe because they realized they didn't know how to write it, so they should just stop writing it. Maybe. Because at that point in this season, it's questionable what they were doing with anything. What was your second point? I was happy with what was uh, happening with... John and Henry. Let's go back to your first point, because this is what my question has to do with. What is it? Oh, uh, why are these two dancing around? Here's what they say and acknowledge in the opening scene and throughout the entire episode. Joey, do you know the monumental implications of that kiss? A kiss is not just a kiss between us, and you know why. And then Dawson is name-checked. Hold on. Before we go any further, let me just do a quick breakdown. Pacey's been reluctant of making the move on Joey since the golf course party episode because of Dawson. He's made it clear that that's an issue, and he thinks it would be an issue. Joey, here in this moment, confirms that she feels the same way. Something going on between Pacey and Joey would not go over well with Dawson. He'd be pissed as fuck. The whole Pacey and Dawson storyline here is meant as a way at Dougie's insistence or, or, or guidance to ease into that fact and he thinks that Dawson will understand the situation. Hold on. That is also your stance and has been for a few episodes. That Dawson will approve of the relationship between Pacey and Joey. He's going to give his nod and thumb of approval and they're going to sail off into the sunset as a happy couple with Dawson toasting in their name. With the fact that both Pacey and Joey believe with their hearts that Dawson's going to be pissed do you think that's the fact, or do you think that's just them both creating an excuse to avoid the fact that they feel the way they do about each other? Do you think Dawson is still going to approve? I'm done. I think 100% that Joey and Pacey are, one, both into each other, and basically both say it. Two, both immediately point out that it can't happen because they think Dawson will react poorly. And 
three, I still 100% wholeheartedly think Dawson will approve. You know why? Because he still knows that Joey is his soulmate, which means, like you said, may or may not be on a sexual level. But as we all know, they're going to get married in the series finale. And as I now will be laying out, Pacey, the best man. So the best friend becomes the best man. And the person to take Joey's virginity. Okay, you think that's going to happen? How oh, yeah. do you think Dawson, how sure. you think Dawson feels slam, about that? Dunk. Dawson's not going to, I mean, he'll find out eventually, but it's not like they're immediately going to be like, yo, Dawson, we fuck it. So you don't think he's going to have a quick hot take as soon as it happens? I don't think they're going to be super fast to the... They're going to start dating before they just start fucking. Oh! At least that's my prediction. Oh, no, I think, I, I'm not implying they're going to start fucking right away. This could be a fucking season away type of prediction. I'm, you know, uh, for the uh, just guessing. Based on what could happen, Daw- is still Dawson nodding with approval when they're banging each other? See, this is the thing, is they had their backs turned to Dawson when he saw them. And gave his nod of approval. That's true. They didn't know. That's why they're freaking out about it. Because they don't know that Dawson's already like, yo, it's all good. Y'all do what y'all need to do. I know y'all feeling frisky and want to get it on. Well, it ends up being a boys night out, girls night out episode is how it turns into. Girls going to, well, starts out at Graham's house. And then it goes to the roller rink. The boys going out to the woods, hanging out with the, the little oh, boys. Oh, so that was a roller rink? I didn't know what the fuck that was. I didn't know if it was a mall. You didn't know what a... Or... Hold on. Have you never been to... Well, because it looked like they were in a different area when... Like, it looked like they were, like, at, like, a party shop yeah, or something par- like that when they the were... It's the party room that they have at roller rinks. Like, what do you think you... I'm just saying, dude. Like, it just didn't... Like, I didn't know. I wrote down birthday party at the have mall. You ever, have you ever been to a roller rink? Yes, I have. That didn't look like... I don't really remember it that, that well. looked. It was a long time it ago. It looked like that. That's what roller rinks look like. That was the party room with the roller rink, because people go to roller rinks and have parties. I just literally don't remember roller rinks. No. I remember going. I'm just saying, that was not like a, an exceptional roller rink. It was exceptional to me that Henry was having a birthday party with like a pinata at his mom's insistence when he was 15 or 16 years old. Well, what I don't understand... Just own it too is is this right so henry's all super self-conscious about um his innocence and everything like that and jen has consistently told him like no that's like one of the top things i love about you and uh he's like yeah i just i felt really emasculated and uncomfortable inviting you to something that makes me feel like i'm i mean this is a weird one but still just own it if you're gonna do it just own it but but Okay, so, like, you don't invite your super hot girlfriend, but you invite, like, all these other football players the football players who are much older than but, you, and they're all like, Henry, Henry, Dude, they're Henry. all into because it. Because he's the star fucking quarterback of the football team. He can do basically whatever the... He can act like he's fucking 10, and it doesn't matter because he's the star fucking quarterback of the football team, and he's got a super hot girlfriend. But who fucking cares if they've got a fucking little twelve-year-old birthday party? But that's you know that's not how Henry's looking at things. Henry's not concerned about being Mister Superstar quarterback stud. He only 
wants Jen to be in love with him. And he thinks, he's still hung up on what it was before, like Grams was commenting on. He's trying to be someone that Jen thinks, that he thinks Jen wants him to be. I think he's kind of still stuck in that mode, even though she's said, like you've said, she doesn't care. Like, that's part of the appeal, is that he's himself. But he's still like, I can't bring my, this woman I'm in love to, to my pinata party at the roller rink. I'm just saying, like, look at it from an outsider's perspective, bro. You are a freshman star quarterback. He's not that kind of guy. You're dating a junior that's super hot. And, like, you got the world by the balls, bro. That's just not our sweet little hanky. That's just not how he is. I'll just say, you got the world by the balls. Sweet little hanky. Just can't do it. That's not how he thinks, man. But that's okay. That's all right, though. Because in the end, well, Girls' Night ends up taking them to the roller rink because they were thinking about their childhoods. And Joey's like, let's go to the roller rink. And Jen's like, oh, well, perfect. Let's also put on these silk robes and feather boas while we're roller skating. And then let's crash this party. And she's like, because she's like, wait, you're embarrassed? I'm dressed like this. And and Hanky's all like, uh, you're a fucking smoke. Was, I don't even. Does it That matter? was not an embarrassing way to be dressed. They're at a roller rink in silk pajamas and feather boas. But it's not a big deal. I don't. I, maybe if it was 2000s Cape Side and a bunch of dudes came in dressed like that, they might get some looks. But not girls. No, but she definitely said she was embarrassed that she was dressed in like front that. of mom that's gotta be not yeah yeah, yeah i didn't i left that fa- the whole family the family the, whole, the children so i mean yeah but even still henry's like dude look at you you're smoking doesn't fucking so yeah they make it they make it happen it's all good pacey and dawson are out because andy again is just kind of there to talk about pacey's kissing face and the look that he gives so that we can see joey look inwardly to herself and go oh i know what that feels like now so annie's just here to kind of help along their love story she she did it she (laughs) she did it during the golf course party episode too um yeah she did but yeah well it's i don't know and that's the funny thing is like joey seems real like this whole episode too she's like waiting for andy to be out of the room or just out of earshot and she's always like checking for her and shit and like andy's brought it up a couple of times to where i feel like dude andy really doesn't care andy knows like andy would be down to talk about this andy knows that's all like it just feels because she She'd be the first one. Well, to Andy know. calls her out yeah, on it. The- Andy's like, dude, you definitely seem like you are head over heels for Pacey. But Joey, oh, all right. So the first time it happened, Dougie showed up to bust the party. What stopped them from talking about it more this time? They were roller skating. Maybe that's when Jen spotted Henry's party, so it interrupted the conversation. I guess I, I, I don't but... remember, but that's why. Like, okay, now Joey's not going to have to talk about it because something happened to stop the conversation. But yeah, Andy knows. Jen obviously knows. Yeah, so, I mean, Joey's got to come to grips with it. And then they, what, they they end with Joey and Pacey uh, going to this little convenience store. So, before we get to that, what leads Pacey there is they've got their night of camping. Dawson goes out. He's talking about how 
oh man, I thought this was larger than life when I was a kid. Now it seems so small. I'm like, bro, you were tiny when you were nine. It was a lot bigger then. Now you're a tall dude and taller than the fourth. So of course it seems small. Like it's a matter of perspective. Boy, dude, that was like seven years ago. Look at how short Buzz is. How big do you think this motherfucking thing looks to him now? As big as it looked to you then, idiot, because it was big. He's not very smart sometimes, too, in this season, in a way that it's like, man, you should know better than to say something that stupid. Especially when they show them both, like, they, I could understand somebody else making something like that, but, like, when you consistently show me that he's a lot smarter... I know that he was probably speaking metaphorically, but the other part of it, too, is I know that he understands metaphor and speaks metaphorically, so he should still know that that is not something to lament because of course it's going to seem smaller when you're older and you understand more of how the world works and how everything is that you couldn't even comprehend when you were nine shit you didn't know existed when you were nine but he does get a little uh like satisfaction when he's telling the story oh yeah to the little kids and like pacey's even tells him he's like He's like, the only reason, because, like, Pacey's trying to, like, he's just like Joey to Dawson. Like, they just pussyfoot around their, like, their, I know, I understand that Pacey's doing it because he doesn't want to, like, hurt Dawson. And he doesn't want Dawson to be mad. And he also is afraid that Dawson's going to be like, I would prefer you don't do that. I think it's very telling of how much he respects Dawson's friendship that he wants to run it by him first almost like asking for asking a a woman's father for her hand in marriage you know he's got to ask for her her hand in in dating from her soulmate but yeah he I, I can see why he's nervous about doing it too he's looking for the right time and the problem is you can't go to a place that's as emotionally loaded as this. It was a bad decision because it's going to bring up the kind of shit where they have a conversation. And it's the one that you're talking about where he says he's the storyteller because that's where Dawson says that Pacey, he describes him as pure loyalty. So in Pacey's mind, when he hears that, he's like, oh, shit. So if I say this thing about Joey, it's going to be like a stab in the heart to him because of because yeah. of how he describes Joey next, which is his conscience his soulmate and his inspiration like okay he's clearly still in love with her fuck like pacey's like shit man this is gonna be harder than i thought it was gonna be but i can't change what i'm feeling as much as i feel like dawson is in love with her still he doesn't look at it like that right now for some reason because he doesn't know how he's looking at anything at the moment and so, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're Pacey, now is the perfect time. But do you feel like it might somehow later down the line when Dawson kind of gets back on his feet, he might look at that as he took advantage of a point in my life and asked me a very serious thing when I maybe didn't wasn't in the right frame of mind to, to think about? No. Okay. Because Dawson will, he'll look at it and go, shit. Pacey was literally just being loyal to me. Like, he could have just said, no, dude, you're not with her. I'm going to take my opportunity, whether you like it or not. And so there's no reason to run it by you. But not only is he going to run it by him, but he seems conflicted to even potentially ask to run it by him. So he doesn't 
in which my in my mind then if he doesn't run it by him pacey just won't do it so I know Pacey's going to run it by dog. Well, let's lead up to what you were getting to earlier because he doesn't tell him on this trip. Doesn't happen. Next day, Joey and Pacey meet at the convenience store by accident while Pacey's with Buzz. And then both kind of like backtrack on it and go, oh, well, it didn't mean anything, so let's just forget about it. And it's like, no, why don't you guys just say, hey, we need to go like hang out and talk about this because and, and just spill your fucking guts out well as so they're walking away or he's walking away with buzz joey walks out watches them walking away and then we see buzz ask pacey he's like is that the girl you're in love with is that the girl you want to kiss and pacey's like nope so it's almost like you're thinking after he's thinking dawson's still in love with her he's gonna have to just back off and swallow this and not do it but joey's looking after him with that smile on her face like oh no She's now ready to do this thing. She's kind of, after talking with Jen and having her night and mulling things over, she's on the side of that shit now. And then she sees, like, him walking away with this little kid. Like, yeah, it was a punishment from a school thing like that. But that's the sort of thing that I feel like, even if it becomes an off-screen activity, this, this will continue far after his a lot of the amount of hours are going to be done. Oh, you think Pacey becomes like a mentor? That's a, that's a thing for him? I, th- I think there's this type of thing Pacey would do. Because he's already at this point developed a relationship it's with It's Sandy Cohen taking in a Ryan Atwood. Char- charity exactly. for the underdog. You got anything else to say about Neverland? Uh, Stupid fucking name. You're right. I, I know why they called it that, but at the same time, you're right. I don't like it at all. It's weird. It works well in combination being next to Cinderella story, though. Oh, also, um, yeah, I guess I kind of agree with that. The only other thing I wanted to say was, uh, and this is because this sentiment actually uh, changed my life, so it has personal fucking touch, but Ethan says something to Jack. He's like, you know, a great side effect of uh, letting go of your anger is you don't have to be angry anymore. Yep. That- I was just like, God damn, Ethan, that is a wise thing to say. He's a cool customer, too. He doesn't raise his voice at all. Well, I like Ethan's character. He's good. But yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Like, then you are you? I'm, I'm done with that. Three are you pack. ready to get to the? It was a good three pack. I enjoyed it. Are you ready to get to the next three pack? The last three pack of the season? Oh, uh, for sure. Prediction. Double F. Predictions for episode nineteen. You're gonna have something to work with here. Stolen kisses. Oh, well, stolen kisses is definitely gonna be all about fucking joey and pacey and for rightful reasons i mean this is a huge it was the main focus of the other three pack that we just did and it's gonna obviously be the main driving force at least into the beginning of the next three pack and i'm pretty sure pacey's about to steal some more kisses but i'm predicting it'll be after he talks to dawson and to dawson seemingly will be reluctant but will still eventually give his nod of approval to pacey anything else uh jen and hanky steal some kisses uh is graham stealing any kisses Jack's gonna steal a kiss from ethan oh okay all right maybe no i don't know because ethan's gone He'd have to come into town. That's true. That's the thing about Ethan. You never know when he's going to pop into town. Yeah, so you know what? I got to think that that's not going to happen. 
Maybe we're going to get, you know what, Andy, you're going to be heavily involved in this three-pack. Okay. I don't know necessarily how right now, but you're going to be involved more than you have been so far the last couple. Which isn't saying a whole lot, so you might be on to something there. Yeah. I mean, slow and steady wins the race, right? That's what they say. Let's hear what you say about episode 20, The Longest Day. I mean, it's, you know, obviously a pretty long day. So I'm going to guess that it's just some bad shit goes down, right? Maybe a fucking test since we got we got to be getting close to the finale. There's like, what, 24 episodes total are, in this bitch? There are 23 total episodes. So after the longest day, there are three more. All right. So we got one more episode in, in this three-pack after the longest day. So, so yeah, we're real close, like... So, the longest day. Shit, it's pretty long. I'm going to say that mostly it's just a lot of turmoil going on between our six heroes. Each of them are going to have something that is going to be making their day particularly heinous and long. Do you have any guesses, maybe not for all of them, but maybe for one of them, about what could be making their day so heinous? Uh, We're going to get... So Andy finally gets uh, told what her punishment is post-Green being gone. Let me ask you a question. Do you think the PSAT secret agent comes back into play who showed up earlier in the season? Yeah, sure. Why the fuck not, I guess. Let's say that that fucking guy comes back and he's all like, yo, we got to serve you with uh, an issue. This is what's happening. And she's like, it's a practice test. Like, I get it. Just throw it out. I admitted uh, I couldn't handle it. Like, the pressure of cheating. She's like, it's just not me. She's like, I understand I'm not. I'm going to miss out on some opportunities because of it. But at the same time, like, Mr. Green, Principal Green told me, you know, he's like, can't stop sh- a star from shining, you know? Speaking of Principal Green. Do we see any traction on a new principal being inserted and making anyone's lives difficult? Or is that just the character that's gone and they don't worry about now that Green's gone? And we're so close to the end of the season anyway. I'm going to say that the most heinous long day is going to be an Andy, an Andy-centered episode with the fucking pre-SAT agent and the new principal... Um, kind of tag teaming Andy in a non-sexual way. I mean, it'd be okay because she's like 30 in this episode. But not okay because her character is only 16. Alright, well let's talk about what you think is going to happen in episode 21. Show me love. The money? Love. Show me the blood money. Must be the so, money! Is so it? what happens is they get a sicario to kill somebody oh it's not blood money show me yeah i was still stuck on blood money so show me my head i still keep thinking blood money show me the so blood and money neither of those words are in the title show me love so just (laughs) focus on focus on those three words for a couple of minutes (laughs) show me love so Show me love. We're going to say that Joey and Pacey, they're dating. That's what's happening. 
I'm going to show me the love because they need to be together right now because they're feeling something and they need to explore it and they need to see if it's love or not. And Dawson's just kind of like sitting in his room looking at one poster and he's like, I think I'll put the Jurassic Park poster back up. Okay, so we've been focusing obviously a lot on, on Joey and Pacey and what's going on there. But here's a real question. As we head towards the end of the season, what's Dawson doing? He can't just be sitting there nodding with approval for three episodes. Like, what's he been up to? Is he moving towards anything? Oh, he's he's working for the family business right now. I guess that's true. There's going to be a lot of restaurant action. He's doing He's doing the restaurant thing. And he's still just trying to find himself, you know. He's any progress he's there. He's trying to find happiness. Um, his one chance at it this season left when the principal was fired. And, Why? Because uh, he was such good friends so, with Principal Green. No, the daughter. All right. So you're saying his one chance at happiness was dating someone? I think the whole point is to find the happiness without dating someone. Yeah, but he needs someone. Do you think he finds someone this season? Maybe not in this three pack, but before the end of the season. And is that is that something that just gets pushed off until later? I would say that probably gets pushed off till next season when I know it's a long let's, shot. Let's do it. And it just doesn't seem to make any sense. But maybe Dawson and Andy. Next season? Or this season? I'm gonna say next okay. season. Or Maybe it's teased in the finale. But with this season, as far as the main story of Dawson finding himself, does he find himself? Does he find himself in this three pack? I think he made the. I think he made the first steps in the Neverland episode when Pacey even said, "You know, he's like, man, you're a great storyteller." Yeah. He's like, so that's what you do. You tell stories. You could see the joy on his face when those kids were reacting to the story he was telling. He was like, "Oh, oh yeah. shit, maybe I have." known all along i just needed to see if it was something else and realize that it wasn't and just because something works for somebody else doesn't mean it's gonna work for you right i think it was good that he put it under that microscope like that because when he does it when he goes back to being essentially who he was before it's gonna be more refined he's gonna have a better perspective on other people's worldviews as well as the knowledge that he said directly he learned to expose more of himself and his storytelling than he was doing. So he definitely, I think, I think that's a fair prediction. It's always going to be film. I mean, I think that's probably obvious at this point. Like, just like for you, it's always Joey. It's got to always be film, too. Yeah. Is that all you got for us here? Yeah, yeah. All right. I think think that wraps it up pretty well. Well, since we're wrapping it up, I'm going to tell you where you can check it out. And that is at 50randyquades.com. That's at Apple Podcasts. That's at Podcast Republic. That's at the Facebook page. That's at the Twitter page. That is at where else, Chuck? Uh, 1900 Creek Chat. How much does that cost a minute? $9.99. Dear listeners. Just like the WWE Network. Dear listeners, here's where you can expect to answer that phone when you call 1900 Creek Chat. J-Biggs. He's special guesting only for the next 36 hours. He won't be sleeping the entire time, just like always. <laughs> no, yeah, he's just going to be watching Dawson's Creek, answering questions, trying to get a couple of Zs when their phones aren't ringing. But I got to tell you, folks, they ring. Oh, they ring. And I've realized they ring a lot. And so this time around, I'm going to make a few special guest appearances. I'm going to be live. I'm going to be in person. Uh, but you're actually, it's probably better to just go to 50randyquades.com, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can also check out 50 Randy Quades episodes. You can check out Cage Talk episodes. Uh, actually, 
in the timeline, uh, World Trade Center will be the next 50 Randy Quaid's episode released. Um, hashtag never forget. Hashtag, hashtag always remember. Always be remembering. Hashtag always remember to never forget. Hashtag what you don't know about the Tide Boy. Hashtag cage talk. Well, until next time, we, we be, be creaking. creaking.